and welcome back to the What The Fork podcast um, for the 2021 season. Hopefully a COVID-less season that fans can attend the whole way through. Um, we're here today to make some horrendous predictions that will obviously never come true at all, period. About Sunderland, maybe a bit of Motherwell, maybe the Macedonian League, who knows. Um, to join me, as always, is the man who stayed faithful throughout year 2020, up until the final. Um, Jack, how are you doing, mate? You all right? <laughs> I'm good, yeah. Good to be back. Good to be back in the swing of things. Uh, it's nice to have a bit of football to look forward to. I know I've had the Euros, but uh, nah, nothing quite beats you. The proper proper league season does it watching your team week in, week out. And hopefully we can all do that and get back to the games. No, I'd have you a 2020 back in a heartbeat. Nah, nah, I like that. <laughs> I preferred it. Um, elite level football compared to watching some players belt the ball over the bar from 40 yards out. Not looking at you, Max Power, but I am. Um, Scott, your your season's technically already got underway. Um, it feels like a while since you've been on the podcast because obviously you left us um, after three games at the US, which we should have known. Um, but Scott, aside from Scotland's um, European Championship, how, how have you been doing this summer, mate? All right? Aye, good, mate. Good. Just uh, as usual, <clears throat> you know, once obviously Scotland went out and enjoy- <clears throat> excuse me, I enjoyed the the rest of the tournament and pretty much uh, with the way the, the the cup competitions go up here as soon as the, uh, the Euros were finished, I think in the, the 11th of July, the, the first Motherwell game was sort of, uh, the Saturday after that. So it was straight out of the Euros and straight into the uh, the Cinch Cup, or I think Cinch League Cup or whatever it's called these days. Um, so I've been back into swing it for a couple of weeks now. Being at Fur Park, I think yesterday was my third time. Managed to get to an away game in between that as well. So I'm um, feeling like a wee bit more normality in some sorts at the start of the season. So you've been to more league matches now or, or matches at Motherwell and you've got hair on your head? Well, wouldn't it be difficult with it? <laughs> Um, as I said in the intro, like I'll say with you, Scott, obviously the, the season started. I mean, it's been like consistently football thrown at us again and again. And, and like a lot of it, elite level football, obviously, I've, I've really enjoyed the the women's football in the Olympics. Obviously, um, in my opinion, I think that's elite level as well. Obviously, the Americans getting knocked out of the day, big shock. And um, Team GB sadly getting beat. The Euros was my favorite tournament of all time um, for so many reasons. Um, and then the football just kind of came back out of nowhere. But last season will never be forgot for the worst reasons, probably, Scott. So with the fact that you've gone to games, um, how excited are you for the season just to get back into... It's not going to be normality, right? It's not going to be like that. We know that. But those away fans um, at Motherwell mm-hmm. yesterday, um, well, Sunday, um, how excited are you to get just back into like relative normality? No, it was good. Uh, it was good. I mean, the first game back was uh, about three weeks ago and it was a wee bit different with <clears throat> still with the social distancing rules and things like that and, and where we were to sit. So we weren't in our usual stand. We were over in what is the traditional away end um, at Fur Park. But even that, I was quite excited because you don't generally get a chance to sit in there and see that view. Uh, so that was that was good. That was different. Uh, and even just to get back and, and see the faces and you guys know what it's like. There's people who you probably wouldn't class them as friends as such. You've probably never spoken to them for day one of the, the pandemic starting. You know, you wouldn't give them a phone or whatever, but you see them at the football and, uh, you know, it's it's like seeing old faces and things like that. You know, maybe have a, have a drink with them at the match or whatever. So that was good. Um 
yesterday or Sunday, uh, I think was probably the the closest to normality. I think that, that we'll get without it being normal, as you say. Uh, I think there's about eighteen hundred Hibs fans there, uh, about four four thousand two hundred Motherwell fans. We weren't we still weren't in our own season ticket seats. But I was back in my own stand yesterday, so uh, you know the atmosphere was great. It was a good game. It was on the telly. The weather was nice, so it was just you know see for that ninety minutes, you forgot that there was still things going on outside, and really that's that's where you want to be now is for things to be as normal as cat as it can be. Yeah, I, very much so. I mean, um, I don't know if they'll class as a test event, but the Euro twenty twenty games that I went to, um, obviously two of them, one of them was forty five thousand, one of them was. Allegedly sixty thousand, um, and I had kind of thought, like, hang on, is meant. I think it was a test run because I thought it was just meant to happen, and it was just mad for for a while for that normality to be back. And it, it needed that first game. It definitely needed that for me. It needed that first game, which was the Germany game, I think, where there was a lot of fans there for me to kind of get over that. Oh God, people are close to me. It was still like there, and I know there's people who are like, "Way freedom masks and all that." I'm I'm not of that opinion. Um, rightly or wrongly, I'm. Still, I was still a bit nervous, but it kind of helped getting getting that out of the way and having that game. But um, but Jack, have, have you been back to a game yet? Because obviously you've had the chance to get maybe the the whole game. Um, obviously you were you were at Lincoln uh, with me as well. Um, Lincoln was significantly less than what I think we're hoping to have for for the game against Wigan on Saturday. But how excited are you to get back into the season? That's not just press conferences on Zoom and matches on like. A stream and stuff like that, just to get the games as best you can. Yeah, massively so, Graham. I think we all take for granted a little bit of football and how much we love it and how much it plays a part in not just our our lives but our social lives as well. Like Scott touched on, you know what I mean. People that you see regularly, you get to know them sitting next to them at the games, and you do miss that. You know what I mean. You miss that social aspect of football, and you know, even if the football's bad, which it has been something for quite a few years <laughs> now, you can still. You can still go and enjoy, you know, having a bit crap on, having a couple of drinks if you like doing that. So to have that taken away, you know what I mean? People can say, oh, well, you can still watch the matches. But the large bit of it for me was the social side, you know, meeting up in a bar, going to the walking to the ground, you know, your, your routines and things like that. So for me, the first, the last couple of weeks is the first time that really I've started to feel like, yeah, I can see normality coming back properly. I mean, I did go to the Lincoln game for the playoffs game in um, in May. It just wasn't quite the same. Like you say, it was half. It wasn't even half, was it? It was 10 or 15, was it 10,000, 15,000 there? It wasn't, wasn't many there. 10,000, yeah. And we're all spaced out and I haven't been back in my season card seat yet. So that that's one thing that I'll look forward to doing. But yeah, I think it will, will be good to come back. I know it's, people will be a little bit still nervous, but I do think at some point we do have to try and, and get back to some, some kind of normality. I appreciate, you know, people are still saying it's still out there and I'm still aware of that. But um I think for me, Saturday will be the first time I can really enjoy going to the game. Not, not have, I mean, still have to have, have it in the back of my mind. Not really be focusing on auto COVID game. I'll just think it's a football game, um, and I'll try and enjoy it for for the best that I can. And hopefully, we we'll get a good crowd and three points would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, most importantly, three points would be fantastic. Um, it's good to be able to speak via Zoom about the season that we hope is not going to be on Zoom. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it's one of the positives, I suppose, was was that we had Zoom throughout that season. Thankfully, we'll all be able to sort of meet up properly. Obviously, me and you have, have met up once, Jack, in the past year. Me and Scott have, have yet to meet yet, which is probably the, the positive in this. Um, sorry, Scott. Um, 
But when it comes to games itself, we're here to sort of discuss the season, have a few predictions. It's felt a little bit like, like I say before, the football's coming as sort of fast and 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 heavy all the time because of the Olympics and and then the Euros and the the playoffs and it just came back on us. But we're at the stage again when we can sort of make predictions again. So. So, Scott, I'll come to you first. Obviously, people are going to disagree with me on this, especially if you're listening from a Scottish perspective, but the English Premier League is probably the one way most people go to first and foremost. Um, I think just about every one of us watch it, at least sporadically at the very least. Um, what are you most looking forward to in the sort of the English Premier League this season if we're starting in the in England? Uh, nothing. I hate it. I'm an English lower leagues man. I don't watch it. I think it's rubbish. I watch Quest, uh, EFL show on Quest. Uh, no, again, it's just, I, I think that big players get, you know, big players are big players, as it is, you know, and uh, but I do think that big players can get that extra lift from the fans behind them, you know, the noise, and that must have been difficult last year for some of the players, you know, to get themselves up, particularly when you've got players who thrive on that, so the crowd and the noise, maybe players who are hundreds, thousands of miles away from home, you know, they're going and they're, they're playing in an empty stadium, they're going back to their house, they're going to training, they're going home, they might have no family here. I'd read something about a couple of uh, mother old signings that that kind of thing had happened to, and I'm, I'm not saying that they're big players right enough, but I'm looking forward to see Even how... Even McGabby's pretty big. He, he's, he's solid. Um, Huge, actually. Not as big as Kevin Van Veen, who is like both big and a big legend. Um, big, big. He's a big. I seen a photo of him. Yeah, he's a big boy. Where did he come from? Scunthorpe. Yeah, Scunthorpe. Aye. aye. Big, big legend. He's the, known as the <laughs> the 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 B and M because he's Dutch. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll take that. But uh, no, just seeing how you know the the players react to having the fans back and you know for some teams that might be a positive for some teams it might be a negative you know if, depending on how grumpy your fans are so I'm just really looking forward to it. in terms of the Premier League you know watching some of the best players in the world back in front of fans playing football again with an atmosphere behind it whether you're watching it on the TV or whether you're live just the atmosphere and the whole experience in a weird way Jack it's felt like um and I'm sure there'll be someone who picks me up on this and says, you're talking shite, Graham, but that's nothing new, is it? Um, it feels like the Premier League hasn't had like this awash with transfers just yet. There's been the, the rumours of Harry Kane today, obviously, not turning up the training, um, which I'm sure is going to upset um, uh, Son, Hung, Hung Min Son, because um, they seem like busy mates. Um, and obviously, Jack Grealish has been linked because he's just gorgeous and glorious. Um, and deserves to be linked with the, the biggest clubs in the world. But it feels like there's not been that many big, big, big transfers. Um, but Jaden Sancho is probably the standout. How excited are you to see sort of Jaden Sancho next season? Is there any other signings that you're sort of looking forward to seeing on the big stage? Yeah, um, he's just that type of player to excite, isn't he? He's creative, he's quick, he makes things happen. Um and um, Man United always seem to pull out a big, big sign in most transfer windows, don't they? So usually works on, you know, going back to when, you know, the time Berbatov and uh, Carlos Tevez, Wayne Rooney years and years ago, and even going far back like Cantona, do you know what I mean? They, they always seem to pull out a big marquee signing and usually hits the ground running and becomes a Van Persie, becomes a superstar. Um, I think 
he is one that has unbelievable potential, and I think sometimes a little bit of scorn poured on, poured on players that don't you say play in there. the Premier League. Just, I did put, say porn, yeah. Scored, scored on porn on him. <laughs> <laughs> on the brain, Graham. Um, no, he has... Uh, <laughs> He sometimes gets, um, you know, people get criticised that don't play regularly in the Premier League. You know, the old argument, could you do it on the wet wind United Stoke or Wigan or Burnley or wherever you want to, you know, pick it. And um, I think him playing regularly week in, week out in the Premier League, probably the toughest, most competitive league in the world. I know some people may disagree with that. They may say the Bundesliga is more technical. Um, but, um, yeah, I'll certainly, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing him play. Um and um, two seconds of a sudden knock up my window. Two seconds and knock at the window. And um, yeah. Scott, whilst whilst uh, Jack goes and gets murdered, I'll come to you on um, players that you're excited to see this season. Oh God, what a start of the season there, Scott. Who are your um, who are your, who are you buzzing off your buzzing off your titties to see, mate? Uh, I think as um, I used to go and watch Manchester United when I was younger, um, before I packed in the Premier League and started going watching Gateshead. So I've still always sort of had a soft spot for Man United. I wouldn't say I support them. I don't buy the shirts or anything like that. But uh, I feel like, you know, Jack talked about Sancho, but there's obviously uh, Varane as well um, coming in. Uh, I think, you know, just like you say, I don't think there's quite been that influx of players yet. And I think that might come because obviously a lot of players are starting to just come back now from if they were playing the Euros and things like that I, I do think if if City sign Kane or uh, Grealish by or the way. both then that is just you know I mean I, I don't like City it's not because I used to go and watch Man United I just I don't like City I just don't like controversial I don't, opinion I, that I, I don't like teams who you know like when like Arabian Sheiks or whoever come in and buy them and make them this new thing. I just don't like it. Don't and let Newcastle it, fans hear you say that because well, they've been they they they're going to bring investment into the region. Well, they come. do you know what I mean? I, I would rather Motherwell did me have a cinema than we were owned by like an Arabian sheik. To be honest with you, I just I don't like it. It's, I just never have liked it. You know, teams like Red Bull, the Red Bull franchise, things like that. I, I don't like it. Even PSG, it's just. It's, it's not my thing. It's Aye, it's just, you know, it's when you when you look at like a generation of people who didn't see what that team was like when their team was shite. And yeah. now they're like, oh, like, oh yes, like I'm a I'm a city fan and you know we are we are so good. And it's like, mate, I remember you getting scuddied like eight three off Middlesbrough on Sky Sports. Yeah. You, you get absolutely rogered and you weren't born. So and I, I just don't really like that kind of thing. Investment. Fire away, but not not to that extent. However, that said, I'm looking forward to watching City this year, especially if they sign um, Grealish and Kane with the players that they've already got just now, then uh, I think they'll be a force to be reckoned with again. Jack, talking about new signings, touch on Sancho, and I said there hasn't been a great deal of like big money signings, but like the more I look through the signings, which I was doing before, obviously you came on the podcast, it's the most random set of signings so far in the Premier League I've seen in years. Paul McShane signing for Manchester United is the standout, probably. Um, outside of that as well, you've also got Ashley Young's gone back to Aston Villa. Tom Heaton's gone back to Manchester United. 
Christopher Ayer has gone to Brentford for 13.5 million in the last year of his contract. Um, it's all, all gone a bit weird as well, hasn't it? Like, what do you make of those kind of really random signings? For example, Paul McShane going to Manchester United. Yeah, I always, I'm always a bit suspicious of them ones, Graham, because you know when, see, when the uh, the quarter thing came out, you meant to have a certain amount of English players in your team. Because he's got a twenty-three squad, hasn't he? That's where he's gone, yeah. isn't it? I, th- I think, I think Man United are going to be okay for that. But it always strikes me as I remember when Man City signed Richard Wright. Can you remember him? Was it? I think it was, was yeah. it Richard Wright. A couple yeah, of years was. ago, it was just like that's just purely. I mean, Richard Wright was about forty when they signed him. Absolutely no hope in the hell he was going to get on. I think it struck me as one of those. So I don't know with McShane and Heaton whether or not, like you say, they're going to offer them in some kind of coaching role. Maybe Heaton's going to do like part-time goalkeeper coach. Um, not sure what Paul McShane will be coaching, but certainly not defending if good <laughs> by his performances for Sunderland when I used to watch him. I was just talking the other day though, Graham. I've never seen a player have such a good debut. He's played Spurs. I don't know if you can remember the first game back. Up in the Premier League under Roy Keane. Michael Chopper. First. What a day. Michael Chopper scored in the last minute. We won 1 0. And uh, Paul McShane that day was up against uh, Dimitar Berbatov and Robbie Keane were the first choice strikers. And then two ex Sunderland strikers came off the bench in Darren Bent and uh, Jermaine before. Well, two to Sunderland strikers, shall we say, then. But um, so technically, all four of those strikers are on the pitch at some time in the second half. We played really well, but. Went downhill after that, but yeah, a bit, bit strange. Just touching on um, Sancho, yeah, I think Man United really. I think they're getting closer. I think every year that's passing, they are getting closer now to kind of you're looking at them and thinking, yeah, I think they could do it. I still think they're going to pull up short this year, um, but I think Sancho adds another factor in. I think they're probably one or two top level signings off being a championship winning team, and I think they are slowly getting there. Um, but I think I would still make City favourites slightly for the title. Um, just touching on City signings, I think the big two would be Grealish and Kane if they got both of those. Uh, I think Grealish will get over the line. I think I think they will get Jack Grealish. Um, I think he can only do better at Man City. He's probably playing under arguably the best manager in the world. He's going to be coming into his peak in the next few years. Um, don't know about Kane. I'm not sure about Harry Kane. I, I think he, you know, they may be interested one or two other clubs. So I'm surprised if he sits tight and. Wait till the last couple of hours of the window. Um, I think City would be favourites again. But yeah, a bit of a strange. But it's kind of like we're waiting for the transfers really to kick in, aren't we? And there mm-hmm. might be late activity like that one year when uh, Robinho signed at two o'clock in the morning. I think it was, wasn't it, for Man City? And yeah, that was an interesting one. Was that the same day that Berbatov went there? Uh, I think uh, so. Yeah, two thousand and eight. I think United. wasn't it two thousand and eight? Mental. Um, I was looking just through the transfers then. I forgot like Bettinelli's gone to Chelsea as well. Talking about like random goalkeeper signings. Um, Ro- I was going to say who do you think has been the best signing so far, but it's not been that many. Scott, who's been your best random goalkeeper signing? Uh, I don't think it's been yet, but I think it's going to be tomorrow. Joe Hart signing for Celtic. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I think it's the best random goalkeeper, I've probably told this story on the podcast before, but I'll tell it again because it's fucking great and it shows how fast life comes at you. Um 2008, just after Rubinho had signed for City. So he signed, I think, like, was it the summer he signed or the January? Doesn't matter. Summer. Um, they were going, City were going to Cyprus to play in the preliminary qualification rounds of the uh, UEFA Cup, it was back then. Mullerow were going to France to play S. Nancy, uh, and it was cheaper to fly to Manchester. So we piled down to Manchester and we're in the departure lounge with a full Man City team. 
right? And uh, so I'm like, oh, there's the Man City team. And like, they were all going by and like, had the scarf and everything on, sitting there in my little shot, like pure butt buzzing. And uh, so I, I goes for a pee and I come out of the toilet and they're all sitting outside. So I started talking to a few of the players. So like, uh, Wright Phillips was there. He was sitting next to Joe Hart. Uh, Ricky Sprezia was there at the time. Mark Hughes was the manager. Said hello to Rubinio, who at that point was like, is that when he was the most expensive transfer into England or something? That was like 40, 50 million something. They all said hello. So I goes up and starts talking to Joe Hart. And I'm like, Tim, so where is it you guys are going? No, we're going to play a separate team, blah, blah, blah. Where are you going? Um, oh, we're going to France. And he's like, who is it you support? And I was like, well, Mullerow, mate, you know, like what it says on the massive scarf that I'm wearing and the shirt. And he's like, oh, is that the Welsh League? <laughs> Pure laughed. And I was like, nah, mate, it's the Scottish League. And he's like, I've never heard of Mullerow. I don't watch the Scottish League. So let me tell you, see, when he comes to play at Fur Park, he'll be getting reminded of that. <laughs> you so better. Like, I mean, that, that was genuinely... Would you fight like, Joe Hart? Would you fight I, him? I'd smash him. Aye, absolutely. Do I'm you think you'd win? He's got a long aye. neck. But I mean, one, one arm. I've been going to personal training since we stopped uh, the last podcast. So, like, I, I like um, how you remembered every aspect of that, that day as well. I bet you, <laughs> you, bet you knew what jacket you were wearing and what time uh, your flight was, and that you, you, uh, you tell that you've replayed that in your head hundreds uh, of times. Uh, I've, I've told you this before. Like, see, see, when I get something in between my teeth, like, I mean, that's it. I've had it. Do you know what I mean? Can't remember <laughs> what I had for my dinner the night, but I can remember <laughs> Joe Hartman's Adidas Preddy sitting there being cheeky at me. <laughs> I kind of feel like I've gone and asked the wrong question by asking your favourite random goalkeeper, son, and just brought up really bad memories. Um, people, people, are not, people are not going to realise this, but because I don't put this out of video for obvious reasons, you know, we're not, we're, we're quite physically challenged, a lot of us. Um, but you've got like a disco light going on in the background, Scott. Are you having a party, mate? Uh, no, do you know what it is? Like, see, since we moved into this house, we're still waiting for half the furniture arriving. So, like, <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch. We don't have, we, we've only got like what I would call the big light. So, like, the main light. So, the TV's on across from me and it's just like flashing. Uh, on a rave. Having a party. Aye, that's it. What are you watching? You were trash. Uh, no, I mean, Love Island was on five minutes ago. It was like, oh, did, knee spoilers, knee spoilers. Uh, I was just trying to see who Harry Kane couples up with, but apparently that's not what happens in it. So you they just don't pick a team to couple up with. That's not how it goes. That would be now. There's a TV show. Yeah. Find a team that they couple up with. I'd mm-hmm. couple up with uh, Jack Grealish. Uh, Any? No. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll move on from that. That's yeah. To, uh, TMI. TMI. Yeah. Um, I want to know Jack. I want to know. I'm invested in your answer here. Who do you think is going to be? the flop of the season? Like, who's going to just be crap? Well, I don't know about... Well, I suppose you could class, class them as being crap, but I think I saw Arsenal pay, was it £50 million for Brighton's Ben White? Ben White? Now, this might come, sure to, this might come back to haunt me, but I just don't get Brighton, right? I don't get Brighton. Now, my mate who's into um, XG expected goals and everything like that, and he reads those stats, believes that Brighton... Had a really good year last year. They were unlucky to finish, was it 15th or 16th? And should have been a mid-table team. Now, I don't get this fascination with Brighton. I don't get it with Graham Potter. You know, he's been linked with a Spurs job. Why? Um, I don't get it with Brighton as a club. Um, they're solid and they're organised. And I know being English adds another £20 million onto your, um, onto your fee. But I just think that signing £50 million for a player like that, and I just think 
if ever if ever a player, an average player going for a big fee is going to feel it's destined to be at Arsenal. I just think they're the wrong club. You know that they're not going to develop you. You're probably going to be, you know, hounded on by the people on Arsenal fan TV. You can just guarantee that, uh, like Robbie, Robbie, what's he called? Robbie Lyle's going to be like, I just don't get, it. I just don't get why we signed him. I don't get. It. You know what I mean? So you can guarantee that you'll be, you'll be, you'll get that from uh, from those on Arsenal fan TV. And I just don't. I don't see him work playing well at all. I think he's Arsenal still concede goals, and I think, I mean, it's easy for me to say, but probably should have stayed at Brighton another year. To be fair, you look good as a decent defender in an average team, a poor team rather than a, a poor defender in a, a decent team. Should have went to Leeds. I thought that, and you know what? We'll come back to this in May when he's won Player of the Year, and Arsenal have won next <laughs> a quadruple. But like, um, this 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 show is not about being right. <laughs> Never has been. Um, but I just I, I found that an odd one. Like I, I kind of quite get me head around paying that amount of money for Ben White. I mean, I don't think Ben White's a bad player. He seems like a thoroughly likable chap as well, and I think he was very good at Leeds in the championship. But fifty million. I mean, how many caps has he got for England? Two. How many Premier League games has he played though? I, I, I don't think he's played well, has he? Had that many. He can't have played that many. Thirty-five-ish max. It it so seems one, like a, one season, one season in the Premier League. You're paying fifty million for him. It seems a lot to me. I mean, it's it's a big punt, isn't it? It's a big amount of money to spend on a player that might be really good. And I, I don't know if that's just maybe the, the transfer market's gone mad, and maybe like I mean, who's that I seen went the other day for like thirteen million or something? Like a, I think it was um, the lad from Liverpool, who Welsh lad, Harry Wilson. I think he was. He's either gone or quoted for like twelve million or something. I mean, Graham, I could understand if Brighton had finished maybe top ten, you know, maybe outside of Europe and had a season like that, and he'd it starred and really. But Brighton finished sixteenth. They're only they're only a couple of points above Burnley, who were the last team not to go down. And it's just a bit like, just don't get it. I mean, I know you could say well, they only had minus six goal difference, only conceded forty six goals, and they were in a lot of games. And he might have played well. I haven't. I've only personally watched him a few times, and he didn't stand out. I mean, he didn't have a nightmare either. But he didn't really stand out, and I just think fifty million for a defender. You want him to be absolutely worldy, and I just don't think Van White is. Sorry. I think I think Lewis Dunk is their best defender. Probably, I'll probably agree. Like I, I think they're quite good enough conceding goals, and the problem is definitely scoring them. So obviously, Ben White adds something to it, and I'm certainly not saying he's a bad player. I think he's a really good player. I think he's a good Premier League defender. But for where Arsenal probably envisaged that. En- Think they should be. I won't use big long words anymore. Groom doesn't make you sound clever. Stop it. Um, I just think that it's probably not not the the signing that it should be. And and to be honest, we've we've spoke about the English Premier League and the Scottish Premier League has obviously started last week. And while I said it's probably the most watched league in the world, I think we're all in agreement that the Scottish Premiership should be the most watched league in the world. We've had one game and already about 15 Scottish moments of the week already. So I'll come back to you on this, Scott. It's been a tremendous week for just hilarity as always in the Scottish Premier League. What has been your personal favourite Scottish Premier League moment? Uh, Oh, man, there's been, there's genuinely been so many things have happened in Scottish football since it came back. Um, (laughs) Big fan of Albion Rovers. 
having to get one of their players to be a linesman because the referee got injured, so the linesman had to be the ref, I think. And then, yeah. like, they're just asking the Albion Rovers player to do the... the I mean, surely that cannot be right. <laughs> he, was, he was the linesman. I was going to say, I was, I'm just looking for something. I took a, a screenshot of something the other day where it had, like, they had listed all the mad things that had happened in the first week of uh, <laughs> Scottish football lot. coming back. Uh so that was uh, I can't I can't find it, but um, I there was just there was so much and even things like you know suddenly like Celtic fans like, demanding inquiries into referees and things like that after <laughs> after day one uh, you've got that you know you've got things like Ross County nearly missing the start of the season because of COVID for like the third time again with players coming down with COVID. Uh, you're wondering if the if the league games are going to go ahead. You've got players turning up and like we were saying with the transfers and it was like there's there's not an awful lot happened. A lot has happened, but it's all happened in the last couple of weeks. So Teams have been starting to play games and we've went into the season with players who are not fit um, and therefore, you know, people are looking at it going, oh, this guy's shit. I found my favourite moment, Scottish moment of the week. It's no Premier League. Um, it's a wee bit lower. It's uh, League One where uh, Dumbarton played Clyde on uh, Saturday and Dumbarton tweeted before it, it's game day and we're off to Cumbernauld with a gif of a man which says there are still some people whose dream it is to live in a hole. Right? And then <laughs> some guy, some guy, just like a, a random guy, replied with, this is quite frankly an appalling, derogatory and most offensive tweet. There are many good folk in Cumbernauld. Many of us were educated in the town in the 70s and 80s and have done some decent work globally. I suggest that you apologise for this. It is not acceptable. And then signed it off, B. And then Barton replied to him, just with a gif, a pure sarcastic face. And I'm like, not only are we fighting with each other, we now have like football teams just fighting with people. You know, just like random folk. You get Hamilton Ackies were four 0 down at half time. They come back to one. They were four 0 down with twenty five minutes to go. Like the, the the goal, the equal the equaliser, the ball literally hit Sean Warren on the back of the head. He, he jumped <laughs> and tried to head it the other way, uh, and it went in there. Partick Thistle fans who often complain and say things like "We're not very upmarket. We don't want that tag." Uh, somebody got caught taking in a bottle of Merlot into Fir Hill. <laughs> uh, the other day uh, so they're saying they're, they're not West End and there was a woman who um, see there's just so much there was a woman who had said um, when Hearts were getting the flag the other day uh, that the Hearts fans were booing Neil Doncaster and there was a woman who tweeted Neil Doncaster is a da at my Wayne school and I find it so hard not to boo him every day. So I'm glad that I got the opportunity to do it at Time Castle this afternoon. And you're just like, oh, it's just the first week, man. There's, there's, just... the, there's that letter Ibrox as well. I think it was the Real Madrid game in the, 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 the Glamour Friendly, where he took in like paella or something, or like a plate of rice. Like he's left, oh, it was his, his leftover like takeaway or something. That's what it was. 
and like someone had tweeted it and I'm sure he'd found it and like replied to it and been like, well, they said we could take snacks in. And I mean, obviously that's what people are doing. They're not serving food at the moment. So the guy just took like his leftovers in, um, which to be fair, Ibrox, high-class Scottish club, you know what I mean? Celtic used to be. Um, Celtic have definitely turned into the banter years and Jack, you can't even deny that. Um, like I find, I find the best Scottish moment though came about three weeks ago. And I'm quite curious as to, because I, I can't claim to not be fan media, even as the qualified journalist that I am. I cannot say I'm not fan media in ways, because I suppose I am. So I like the idea of fan media coming in to ask questions at journalists. But I think it's a good dynamic. I like it. I encourage it. I think it's fun. So Celtic, when they got Ange Postacoglu, or Ange Postacoglu's, if you prefer, um, as he has been so far. <laughs> this is great banter. It really, really is. Yeah, apparently up here, they've started calling him Ange Postcode Lottery, because <laughs> that's how he got the job. He won the Postcode Lottery and got the Celtic manager's job, so it's Ange Postcode Lottery. He's very <laughs> Pedro Cucina, so, isn't he? I saw someone <laughs> call him on Twitter at Angelo Seat the same year the other night. <laughs> Angelo Seat the same year. We're getting you back. Hey, We're getting you back, Angelo. See if, he, see if he listens to this, man. He'll come on here and fucking slaughter us because, like, you've heard these interviews. Don't ask me stupid questions, Mike. You're like, oh, fuck's sake, mate. I'll oh, ask you if you're feeling all right. How you doing? Don't ask me stupid fucking questions. What was that one with? Broken out and it's like when they were, they were asking him about uh, it was the Celtic fan that that's what I was going to talk about that that came on and was like it's not it's not it's not really a question but like you need to make sure that the people upstairs they know your friends we're your friends it was feel like fucking hell you've gone in full on paranoid mode lads like what are you doing and they saw it's like and you can see his face and he's just nodding like. What the fuck have I got myself into here? Jesus Christ. And it's like, it's not obviously I'm a Rangers persuasion. I'm, I'm not picking on Celtic here because I'm sure there's been moments in Rangers band years where there was something relatively similar. But watching the guy saying, I'm not really going to ask you a question. As the new manager of Celtic is being announced, the guy said, I'm not really going to ask you a question. I'm just telling you the people upstairs, they're not your mates. We're your mates. And don't lie to us. It sounded like a threat. And then the woman afterwards having to go, we haven't got that long, so if you could make sure the next thing is actually a question, that would be great. And it was just like... Just think, from when, he, when he was announced as Celtic fan, going into my second Alan Partridge reference, it's, you know the, you know the gif where Alan Partridge just rubbed his shoulders as if to say, like... Yeah. That was like one of them. It was like, and it's being announced as manager, and I was just like, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, not good times at the minute, but it, was only, it wasn't too long ago people were talking about Steven Gerrard struggling, and he hadn't won a trophy, and Celtic were on top, and what, year and a half, two years down the line, it's all changed. So you never know. But yeah, it's probably the worst I've seen Celtic since, do you remember the Tony Mowbray days in 2010, I think it was. Very well. Um, I remember Celtic got beat 4-0 one game, I think it was at St. Mirren or someone I was just watching, just thinking, I was laughing at how bad Celtic were. And yeah, we're getting towards that stage, but yeah, so I said the better about them at the minute. <laughs> Will the Scottish Premier League, Premiership, sorry, miss Shane Duffy? Well, I will miss him watching him every week because it was like <laughs> like someone you know what it was like you know when you get the lad on Sunday league that's like turned up absolutely hanging from the night before and he's like oh be alright man be alright stinking the booze and just makes about eight mistakes in the first 20 <laughs> minutes and just can Steve just used on the sidelines today Steve 
You just you just sit 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 this one out. That's what it was like watching Look, him every week. Looks like you might pull your hamstring, mate. Get get yourself <laughs> off. Get yourself. He, he he played for Brighton the other week. I, I I'm, I'm lucky lucky as anything. I've managed to get Wembley Stadium light and Ibrox. So the three places I genuinely care about. I've managed to get back to. Um, I was very very lucky to get a ticket for um, a nil nil draw between Rangers and Brighton, and like I felt you know what I actually felt sorry for him because like I. He's just a human, I guess, in a way. But I mean, he was horrendous at selling. But as he came out, he got like a stand innovation from like the Rangers fans, <laughs> and I was just like, and every time you touch the ball, like people like if the like their other centre half got the ball, everyone's like, oh. And when it got shinned up, like, Way! and like four claps, and it took him off at half time. But it was weird. I watched him. He actually had a good game. I was like, you look like the Shane Duffy that you were meant to be. I, I was happy when we signed when Celtic signed him. I was like, I think he's a really good signing. Honestly, I mean, even yeah. on paper, you're looking at it, solid centre half coming into the SPL. He should have torn it up, and I just don't know. Maybe it was I don't know whether it was the pressure or or what. I've got no idea. He just didn't have a good year, did he? It just wasn't any good, mate. It just wasn't any good. Um, I'd wrote down, I said we we're going to do predictions, didn't I? But we just wandered off into banter again. It would be great banter. I hate saying the word banter, but yeah, whatever. Um, but we'll get on to Sunderland because I'm sure there'll be some people that, that want to hear about what, what our thoughts are on Sunderland. Um, I, I feel a little bit positive about this season, Jack, if I'm completely honest. I don't know why. We've got no fucking fallbacks, um, which is really not a good place to start. Um, that that data led recruitment has supposedly forgot the data on the fullbacks and we're playing Dan Neal and Carl Winchester at right back and left back. But we've looked all right in pre season. I was at the Hearts game, it looked decent. The Hearts are not a bad team, they had most of their players on the pitch. Um, looked really good against Hull, to be fair. And, and Hull had decent players out as well. We've had the York games and the stupid draws and played really well against Harrogate. And it's been a it's been very pre season y if that's a word, but um, how do you see Sunderland going next season, mate? How, how are you feeling about it? Um, I'll just echo what you said there, really, Graham. I'm not happy about the recruitment. I mean, not just in terms of quality, but in quantity, we've seen, I think we've lost about 11 or 12, haven't we, in numbers from last season. Devastated Chris um, McGuire's gone, mate. I'll never get over but, that. I'm really sad about it. I mean, this. our top, top four scorers last season were Charlie White, Chris McGuire, Grant Ledbetter and Max Power, um, and they've all they've all left the club. So I, I mean, I do think we're short of goals a little bit. I think we're short certainly in fullback area. You know, you've touched on it. We're playing square pegs and round holes. I've never been a huge fan of regularly playing centre midfielders at fullback, whether it's going back to Kieran Richardson, Craig Gardner era, or more recently someone like a Luke O'Neill or someone like that. Um, so I do think we need fullbacks. I still think we're short, possibly of a backup striker. Uh, like you say, um, maybe a centre half and possibly back up keeper. So in numbers, we're probably short of still six, six or seven. Um, but on a more positive note, Graham, I think the performances in pre season have been really, really good. Like you say, I thought um, I went the other night against um, Hull, thought we were the better team in the first half. They had a 15 minute spell after half time that they got the equaliser. And I thought we ended the game stronger and fitter and sharper than Hull. And I know Hull were League One last year, but technically they're a championship team now. Um, I thought we played well against Hearts. I'd echo that. Harrogate, we played well. Um, so, in most matches this season, in pre-season so far, we've looked really good. And I think in terms of style of play as well, we seem to be developing a high-energy, intense, high-pressing style. And that's something that I've wanted to see from a Sunderland team for quite a few years. I think that is the way now. You know, don't I think 
spells have, you know, the spell tactics have, you know, you have spells of tactics, don't you? Whereby, like, Tiki Taka was the thing a few years ago, and then, you know, you had 4 4 2 for a while, didn't you? 15, 10 years ago. And I think now high energy pressing is in at the minute. You know, the a lot of teams are having success with it. And I think teams at this level are trying to knock it about. And I think a lot of them aren't good enough. They don't have technically good enough players to knock the ball around. And I think if we can develop a high energy, intense pressing in the face of style of play, not only will that have success, I think we will get the take the, the fans behind the team at the stadium. I, I really think our fans will get up for it. And I think in a couple of the pre-season games, the season, Graham, I've seen us, we do look like we're trying to get there. I still think, like I say, we're short of bodies, but um, I'm, I'm a bit more confident than I was a few weeks ago. In terms of where I think we'll finish at the minute, I still think, you know, playoffs at best until we get more players in. But if we do get the players in, you never know. I don't think, I think it's a wide open league one this year, to be fair. Graham, I know people are saying Ipswich are going to run away with it, but I think there's about six, seven, you could say, are going to run a chance of getting automatic promotion. And I think, if we get the right players and then have a good season, we could possibly be one. I think, yeah, yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, obviously, we, we need fullbacks desperately. We're kind of going into the season with literally no fullbacks. Like, and I completely understand the concerns and all that, but I, I think um, midfield and, and forwards were actually good. It's just the defence is a bit rocky. And I think that potentially is where the worry comes in that our Achilles here last season was probably a bit of a shaky defence, especially when Sanderson wasn't there. Um, and Lee Burge question marks on him um, quickly before we do leave something one thing that I feel like not many people have spoke about a lot of people have said they don't want Lee Burge to play um, I don't hate Lee Burge as much as some people do I, I certainly don't think he's any anywhere near a patch on the likes of John McLaughlin who we let go and I think that's proven so by the fact he's he's doing well at Rangers but um, there seems to be not much not a great deal of discussion on with Patterson should come in and be number one. He's played a few games. Um, I know people thought Lee Birch had the shits last week, which was very much Sunderland moment of the week, wasn't it? Everyone's got the shit, so unfortunately I'll be missing. And then it looked like hardly anyone was missing. Um, as far as I'm aware, Lee Birch had an elbow injury. It wasn't anything to do with him shiting his pants. Um, so that's a positive, I guess. What, what was um, the elbow him. injury, Graham? Was it was it bending? Was it twisting his elbow, picking the ball out of the net so much last season? Was that what it was? Yeah, delayed, delayed reaction, I think, mate. I. Um, but would you play Patterson? Would you put? Because I don't think we're going to sign a goalkeeper. So realistically, it's between the two. I mean, ideally, I would like them to keep it coming. It doesn't look like I agree with it. it doesn't look like we're getting anyone's out of the two. Yeah, I'll probably go Patterson. I think you know, I, I, he is a young lad, and I know. Donnarumma, kind of, maybe Donnarumma. <laughs> Uh, free I transfer. Did, I, I've given. I've kind of hummed and hard about this one because I'm. I'm not a huge Lee Birch fan either, and I always think though with young keepers, it's a bit of a not a risk, but it's asking a lot of them to come in and play at a young level. But I then I'm in two minds, and I'm thinking, well, if I don't rate Birch, why not give Patterson a go? He looked a bit rash the other night, Graham. He come out a couple of times at his goal against Hull, and I was a bit like, ooh, a bit keen there. But overall, he didn't do too badly. He didn't couldn't do anything with the goal really. Uh, made a couple of decent saves and. Yeah, you know, sometimes with these players, you're not going to know until you at least give them a go. So maybe, maybe give them a go. Yeah. Apparently, he's 22. He looks about 11. I didn't think he was. I thought he was about 19, 20. Thought, so uh, apparently, he's 22, but he, he does look like he's 11. But, but, but keepers tend to develop later on, don't they? I think I often think yeah. keepers are best when they get closer to 30. You know what I mean? When they get maybe 29, 30. That's when you see keepers coming to the peak. I don't know why. Whether it's just an to position that relies more on experience than others and obviously you're less fatigued as you get older as a goalkeeper because you're not running as much um, I don't know but 
it's still quite young for a keeper, 22. But sometimes it's I have an element whereby if, they, if they're old enough, you know, if you're good enough, you're old enough, you know what I mean, type thing. So maybe give them a try and, and see where we're at. But I, in an ideal world, I would like another keeper in possibly, but it doesn't look like we're going to get one. You're not going to get your fullbacks at this rate, you bugger. <laughs> um, we meant to preview the, the the season, but I didn't. It's unscripted, um, at least today was. We're, we're going to be back, obviously, Hopefully weekly, but like I'm not going to put ourselves on the schedule because we do this for enjoyment and hopefully you used to it for enjoyment as well. But obviously the coming season, we're going to have the Sunday preview show with myself, an opposition fan. Um, going to do the Sunday review show, which is going to be like probably my, like myself and Jack got a few new additions coming on and an opposition fan from the, the preview show to discuss it in the aftermath of the game. We're going to have this weekly show previously known as what fall happened this week um, and interviews now and again when we can but uh, we were meant to preview things today hopefully we've done some version of that but before we go we'll get some predictions going in because this is where we really show people that we know nothing about football come May um, and that's what this podcast is based on people listen to it without actually realising we know nothing about football we're just very convincing um, Scott I'll come to you and ask you for your Premier League champions English Premier League champions first please I am Man City Yes, I agree with you 100%. If they sign Kane and Jack Grealish, they will go unbeaten this season. There's my outlandish prediction, which is wrong. Um, Jack, who's your English Premier League champions? Yeah, hat-trick for Man City. Uh, I think others are closing the gap slightly, but yeah, I think on, on form, the best team, I think Guardiola, he wins most, most weeks, doesn't he? But not sure about going the season, un- the season unbeaten, I think. Might get up, up close to 100 points, but I think they'll they might you know lose possibly one or two that you maybe don't expect them to lose to, maybe one or two shock, shock results along the way. But I still think they'll win the league. Got who do you fancy to win Love Island? Um, uh, uh Motherwell, oh, yeah, I just think they're, they're just so sexy that everybody <laughs> will pick them, and that's it. It's a good opening line, Motherwell. <laughs> she is actually. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. It's terrible. It's a bad. My vote goes for Davy Vaughan because he's very he's attractive. Just the best, best looking. I mean, so, yeah. Sometimes yeah. sex appeal just wins it. Do you know? Do you know what does my tits in though? Like genuinely, you say that, Graham. Like, see when like there's any doing Motherwell on like Twitter, and you get like. A story or something, and then it's like pure like we English virgins who support like Port Vale. Like, uh, sorry, Tony Watt, what team is it you play for? <laughs> and they're just waiting for some other wee English virgin who doesn't know the joke, and they go, "He plays for Motherwell," and he goes, "Yes, she's great, thanks." <laughs> and it's genuinely about three hundred times a day, and it makes me want to reenact the Bartley Corden or like fucking. Like just march on England on a horse, man. It's I'd just, love to tell you that I don't do that, but not not so, with Motherwell. I do it with Lewis so, Mayo. Whenever uh, whenever Lewis Mayo signs for someone, my immediate reaction is always "fucking hell, man." Ah, uh, that's that, but that's funny. That's I, I've used that one myself. Aye, that's fine. It's got to be used, hasn't it? Aye, that's um, fair enough. But honestly, man, it's, it's constant. It's just constant. And it's like, no, go away. Jack, honest, honest answer here, and you know what the answer is. But Scottish Premiership champions. Uh, yeah, the, the team in Glasgow are playing blue. Rangers. Yes. I can't bring myself. Yeah, yeah, I can't bring myself to say that we're the champion. Move on, Graham, very quickly. I think it'll be Rangers <laughs> as well, because um, I am biased. And I also have sense now. Um, Scott, 
obviously you're more invested in the Scottish Premiership. Um, who's who's winning the league for you? Uh, as of right now, Rangers. Uh, I just I think that the the squad that they've built. And they also have a, a good bit of depth in the signings that they've made with uh, the likes of Sakala and uh, Lundstrom, for example. So if they were to lose, for example, Kamara and or Morelos, they have players that, that can drop in. Whereas I just I, I don't think at this moment Celtic have the squad, you know, maybe come the 1st of September when the transfer window shuts. My opinion might change, but as of right now, I think that Rangers have the momentum and they have the squad and I think they'll... We'll do it again. That first old form, that old firm will be really important as well because mm. if Selig, who are due, want to be fair to them, and I hope I'm not tempting fate with that. You never know what might happen with that, but I think it's hard. To, like all biasness aside, it's really hard to look past Rangers. Their their second eleven looks better than Celtic's first eleven at the moment. I think Celtic need a rebuild. To be honest, Graham, I think it's going to take more than one year to get Celtic into a, a title team. Um, I hope that Celtic could challenge and I, I was really wanting to be optimistic and think that we might at least challenge Rangers because last year there wasn't a challenge. It was like a procession for Rangers to win the title. I don't know what the gap was, 20-odd points or something like that. And I thought Celtic might challenge this year, but early signs are not good. And I think there's, I think maybe the, the manager is, is bitten off more than he can chew and realises now this is a much bigger job than he first thought in terms of rebuilding. Do you think it's a case of... Um, I feel like Ange Postacoglu, for Ange Postacoglu, see Pedro Cucina... A bit, a little bit. It feels like I've done it. Like this random bit. guy from this random country that he's done well in, but it's no comparison to the Scottish Premiership. Celtic squad's gone still since the back end of the Brendan Rodgers. The, the last season of Brendan Rodgers needed out improving then, and it's it didn't. Moldy, and we kind of won one with, with Neil Lennon, the ninth one, and it was just like things were all rosy, and then it just fell apart last year. And now it's like suddenly, like glaringly obvious, there's holes all over the club. Um, and I think it's been it's been laid bare and it's very raw at the minute for Celtic fans. So, yeah, tough times, but keep the faith. Um, Scott, who's your going to be your player of the season if we're talking English Premier League? Uh, I think that um, I think uh, Jaden Sancho will, will make a, uh, a a good dent in the league. I do. As I say, I don't think Man United will win the league, but I think he will really light the league up. But again, there's so many to choose from in England. Um, again, depending on, you might see a different dynamic for Kane as well if he goes uh, and moves to City. So you could potentially have Kane in there, but I'll, I'll stick with, uh, with Sancho. In terms of teams going down, um, both from Scottish Premiership and English Premiership, where, where are you going with that, Scott? Um, Scottish Premiership's a difficult one for me this year because normally you've got a team who you would look at and you would go, you know, they'll go. And to be fair, for the last seven years or so, that's been Aki's every year. Somebody's went, Aki's will go, Aki's will go. Um, They were right last year, to be fair to them. Well, you know, if, if you, you keep biting the same horse when it's the only horse in the race, it'll win eventually. Not if the horse um, dies. I mean, not that I'm saying well, the horse have died. And I don't think that's possible, but... Nah, they, they, they might as well have to be I didn't fair. like your comparison, um, Scott. <laughs> but edit that out and we'll try again, right? <laughs> if they fell down... Um, luckily, you just said your internet I connection think... is unstable and I've just realised why your reaction was so delayed. It's like, um, <laughs> Premier, League, I don't know. 
there's always a team in Scotland who surprise you, you know, in the last few years. We've seen probably nobody expected Kilmarnock to go down last year. Um, nobody probably expected, all right, Hearts went down in different difficult circumstances there. They may not have went down if that season had finished, etc. But you look at the teams that have been down there recently, Hibs have been down there, Hearts have been down there, Dundee have been down there, Dundee United have been down there. I'm not sure about this. Uh, is it Tam Courts, who's the Dundee United manager? Aye. Uh, from what I've read about him, uh, from what I read of Dundee United fans and their performance the other day, they don't seem very confident. Um, I think potentially if St. Johnson get off to a good start to the season, Callum Davidson might be on the radar of English teams or mm-hmm. other teams as well. So, you know. We've seen it before. Motherwell got to the two cup finals in 2017 and then 2018 didn't have quite as good a season. Can St. Johnson keep that momentum up? Um, I'm not, you know, there's, there's not really a team in the league I'd say I get rid of them. As long as we don't finish in the bottom two, then uh, anybody can go really. Um, but I would say, I don't know, I fear a wee bit for Dundee United just now. Jack, I'll come to you to end the pod. No one cares about the championship until Sunderland get there. Um, so just but I, I know it's meant to be this great, exciting league, but I don't, I don't give a shit until someone get there. So, and there's literally no one there I'm that remotely bothered by. Um, so we'll chat Sunland, we'll chat League One. League One's it feels like it's horrendously tough because of the size of the teams that are in there. I think realistically, it's potentially just that a lot of good clubs are at the lowest there, but now playing a bit shit and have ended up in League One a la Sunderland. Do you know what I mean? Like when Sunderland fell into League One, some people went, oh, Sunderland in League One. But realistically, we were still pretty crap and that's why we're still there. There's no reason to say just because these other teams are big names that it's a tougher league. On the flip side, it could be relatively really competitive with lots of expectations. It could be either or, and that's the beauty of football. You never really know which way it's going to go. Um, we've discussed Sunderland a little bit beforehand and what we think, but if... And it's hard to make that judgment right now because it's definitely got to be players coming in. We know that's got to happen. We're not going to go into the season with no fullbacks. We're not going to go into the season with that. I think at least another four signings. I'd be really surprised if they didn't make another two, three signings come the end of that transfer window, which is when you really want to judge where something will finish. I said we'll finish fourth and then we'll take our look in the playoffs. Not really what I want, but such is life. That's what it is. Um, where do you see something finishing and why? At the minute, I think we're gonna it's gonna be borderline playoffs, Graham. So I'm looking at sixth or seventh. But I think if we get, you know, certainly fullbacks in, but I think the other players that we've touched on, I'd like a backup strike, I'd certainly like a little bit, you know, more covering defence as long as a as well as the fullbacks or five or six. I think if we get those, we could be pushing towards the automatic positions. But I think if you had to ask us, I'd probably agree with you, maybe fourth or fifth in the uh, in the playoffs. I think at the minute, like I say, on the squad at the minute, I think we're we're pushing, it's going to be touch and go whether or not we even get in the playoffs. Um, but if we get those signings, we could be more solidly into the playoffs and even with a good season, push into the automatic positions. I don't think we're good enough quite to get top two. I think there's probably a couple of squads better than us at the minute. I'll probably look at possibly Ipswich. Um, Sheffield Wednesday are going to be big hitters in this league, aren't they? Um, Rotherham, Rotherham seem to be either in the bottom six of the championship or the top six of League One, whichever season they're in, you know, whichever year they're in, Lincoln could be dark horses. So I think those are the teams that are going to be up there. And I think Sunderland will be in the mix. But I think, yeah, playoffs, I think, I'd love to say we're going to get automatic promotion, but 
I think we're short in quite a few areas at the minute, Graham. Uh, I think playoffs is more likely for Sunderland. My outlandish prediction just to end the pod for the for the season is that Wickham will finish eighth, but actually finished first. Somehow. <laughs> points PPG. per game or Aye, points per game. Um, under, under, under strengths, you put PPG. <laughs> <laughs> what, on, on that who scored thing. Wickham strength, what is it? They get promoted when they're not anywhere near getting promoted. Um, I hope no Wickham fans have tuned in because that'd be a nightmare. I've got an interview on in a few weeks. I'm sure they're lovely chaps. Um, but thanks for joining us. I know it hasn't been a massive preview, but well, that's that's just what you get with us, isn't it? I don't think anyone comes here for um, strong analysis. That's just for some other shows that we do. This one's just for having a bit of crack. But um, the footy's back. Like I said, said earlier in the show, we're going to be having a preview show where we interview... Someone from the opposition side of something every week. The review show is going to be on there this week, which will be joined by me and Jack, me and somebody else. Um, the interviews will continue if and when they come along, and, and that can be bothered. Um, and last but not least, of course, you've got this show, which will be a little bit more of the, the light-hearted side of just football in general, which we all enjoy doing. It's probably our favourite show to do. It's nice to be back. It feels like we haven't been away that long because of the Euros, um, but obviously the Euros is a different beast. But it's nice to be back if you have listened. Um, class. Good on you, Mint. Really pleased you came along. Um, it's always is appreciated as much as I try to make light of it. If you haven't subscribed, you can do if you want. If you don't, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you less of a person. Um, and that's fine. But if you do, I'll like you a bit more, which might fulfill your life. Um, join us when we put podcasts out, which will be a bit more regular this year, I think. Um, and thanks for joining us. Jack, Scott, cheers, mate. Cheers, yes. It's coming home.